It is Tuesday, February 2nd, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If it's Tuesday, that can mean only one thing. Dwayne Long is here. It's not cold, but it's gray. Dwayne, how are you? Dude, it's gray and it's raining. And I would rather have zero and snow than wet, cold rain. Uh, Oh, this is utter, utter misery. Wait till you guys get old. I know you're out there laughing at me. Wait till you get to be 62 and arthritic and it starts to rain on you and it's 50 degrees. Then, ha! I think once you're 62 and arthritic, things are going downhill regardless of the weather, but I digress. Today, we're going to talk recruiting and then we're going to let Dwayne weigh in on what he thinks of Gene Smith on divisions and the college football playoff, likely staying at four for some time now. What we're going to actually start with today is two guys who aren't really in the mix yet. They're a class of 2024, but they are offensive linemen. They are big time. One has an offer and one does not. And given that this is Dwayne's specialty, we are going to work this out right here. The first, Ben Roebuck from St. Edward. The second, Luke Hamilton from Avon. Both fit the bill, pass the eye test. How do you see this working out? Dan having two kids like that in the state of Ohio, offensive linemen of this caliber, they must be prioritized. I think that Hamilton is a little bit more fluid, a little bit more athletic, a little bit more explosive, but they're both just absolute beast against the run. You just, high school kids just don't have a chance. They destroy people. Another thing I like about uh, Hamilton a little better, he got a little bit of a, a more of a nasty streak. Not that, that Roebuck doesn't, but Hamilton really gets after people. These are guys we need to offer now. I'm not, I don't think we got an offer out to both of them. We need to get an offer out to them, get them in right now behind Montgomery, and we keep the offensive line. It, it took us so long to get over Jim Bowman's really messed up thinking on recruiting and what type of players and how many were finally there. We've been there. We've solidified that. We need to take advantage of these kind of kids. I'm telling you, both of them need to be Buckeyes. They're both naked jaunt kids. Watch their both of their films extensively. We don't have the bad habits. We don't have the bending of the waist. That's one that is just a killer. These guys bending at the waist and reaching because they're six foot six. You got to move your feet and get out there against elite offense or defensive ends. And these guys can. They do already in high school. And look how young they are. Got to get these two. It's interesting. In-state recruiting for Ohio State, as much as we make of it, they usually do a great job of getting the guys they want. Ironically, Cincinnati and offensive linemen from Catholic schools in Cleveland can be a challenge. So we will follow this. But wanted to bring those two names to you today because Dwayne's specialty is offensive line. And it is rare that we get two guys in one class this early that we know Ohio State needs to go after. 
You want to template those two names to your list, people. Another list that's developing is Bill's list of offers, Bill Curlick, that is, that he has posted up. And he did a story on it the other day. Lots of guys planning on coming and visiting. What we're going to do here is pick out three guys Dwayne has identified that we really want to keep our eye on. One's pretty obvious, and some schools would have no chance. Ohio State always has a chance when it comes to receivers. On April 1st to 3rd that weekend, Brandon Ennis will be in town. Your thoughts? Best receiver in the country. We seem to have a string here of getting the top receiver in the country, and we need to continue with this kid. Long kid, very athletic. Uh, he can run away from the defense. Very, very special uh, receiver. So uh, that's one to, to uh, keep track of, Buckeye Nation. Somebody you want to hear good things about with the Buckeyes. He will be visiting, as we said, on April 1st to the 3rd, along with his teammate, Damon Fagan, who just got an offer, too. So that's definitely one you want to keep an eye on. I'm a big fan of Fagan. Keep in mind, Ennis is kind of caught up in that Oklahoma stuff and that he was previously committed to Oklahoma. He decommitted. And then now Alabama, Miami, Ohio State, and USC in the mix. So we will follow that one. Another corner visiting from Florida, Sharif Denson caught your eye. Yeah, he just, he's a kid I look at and I see just, there's just something about him that says, I really like his upside. He's a kid that's not there yet, but I think he's going to be a very athletic kid. Uh, aggressive, not afraid to come up and, and put a helmet on somebody. The one thing he's going to drive us crazy with, or hopefully gets it straightened around in high school, he's one of those kids, you see it a lot with uh, uh, defensive backs at the high school level. They just want to come up and and strike. They don't want to wrap. That's the one thing I look at and say, you got to fix that on this kid. But everything else, I like what I see out of. The week before that, March 26th, one of the top tight ends will be here, Mac Markway. Offensive lineman Luke Montgomery will be here. But Ryan Montgomery will be here. That's his younger brother. He's going to be a sophomore quarterback. Bill Kerlick has rolled his crystal ball towards Columbus. Your thoughts on Ryan Montgomery? I know he also jumped out at you. He just, I mean, the ball just jumps off his hand. At this age, he's really got good arm strength uh, and, and accuracy. He's going to be a big-time kid, and we want him. Uh, being a big-time kid wearing scarlet and gray, definitely a, a, a kid that you want to keep track of, Buckeye Nation. We want him. Uh, he needs to be in our quarterback room. Yeah, at this point, something would have to go wrong, in my opinion, for Ryan Montgomery not to be a Buckeye, which is always great news when you can tap a family there that has multiple studs, see Bosa, comma, et cetera. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and talk about conference realignment and the playoffs. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, we are back. If you go to the front page of our site right now, there's a story up about Gene Smith claiming he would not care if the Big Ten lost its East-West division approach. We all know Ohio State is in the tougher division, the varsity side. I can't imagine it would hurt them if they went to a non-division approach. Your thoughts? What, you're just going to take the top two? No divisions, 
how do you come up with two guys? The formula for that is going to be complicated. As many teams as we now have in the Big Ten, I just think that this is a process that is going to be easier going with the divisions. But, uh, you know, more power to them if they think they can come up with a better formula. Just get the best two teams in a very uncomplicated way. That is the one advantage to it. Let's see the formula they want to run with. Regardless, though, what you're faced with here is the possibility of Michigan-Ohio State being back-to-back. And back-to-back weeks. Mm -hmm. So how long until people get tired of that? Oh, I don't think it would take long. I think uh, 15 minutes after it's announced, the site, we're going to have to probably get some backup servers. Then there's the possibility you hear that they may move the original Ohio State-Michigan game. Like you said, I'm not, I don't feel super strongly about divisions just because I don't really think it affects Ohio State's ability to get the national championship game. But if it's going to make the Michigan game a double trouble affair, I'm not into that at all. I find that very unattractive. Like you said, it's not just going to be, you know, fans of other schools saying, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute, we're going to watch this again. Especially look at the, look at the lopsided scores, Dan. We've left Michigan. How many people who are not Ohio State Michigan fans, or especially Ohio State fans, turned off the Ohio State Michigan game over the last, what, 10 years? Now you would get it again in the Big Ten championship game? I, I think that that is going to make some very unhappy fans of Big Ten football here in the Midwest. Finally, it looks like we're going to have a four-team playoff here for a few years. If they had gone to eight or 12 teams, you're basically penciling in Buckeyes every year. Your thoughts on what appears to be a stay of movement? I don't understand the point. Why are you limiting the number of schools? I I think 12 is crazy. I like six. Eight would be much better than 12. I don't get it. Why do they want to limit it? I would like to hear the argument. You get more teams in, so you draw more interest, so you draw more money. Where is the downside of this? You give more teams a shot at winning a national championship. Come on. What, what is the argument against it? And very ivory tower decision, it feels like, when most of the constituents obviously want to be in the expansion game on the powers that be are not going to do that. My guess is this is just rich guys who can't agree on how to split up the money, which is usually what happens in ivory towers. Not that I've ever been in one. I also promised you that I would have Tackett Curtis information on every show, and that is the case. Stay tuned to Bucknuts. We have Mark Porter's video review of Tackett Curtis coming. You want to get a soda and maybe some snacks and sit down for that one. We appreciate Dwayne stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Bucknutters.